Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my wonderful co-host, Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hey, Wynne. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Good. You had an idea. I had none as we come into this recording. <laughs> not a surprise to you or I, or probably not that much of a surprise to anyone who has listened to us for a while, because uh, it often is the way that you have an idea and I don't about what we'll talk about. And full confession, first of all, um, when, when you share with the person listening right now what we're going to talk about today I went, yeah, that's fine. I've got no issue with that. And then you shared something else and I went, wait a minute. I'm full of, enter your favorite expletive. I'm full of bull on that because, oh yeah, me too. But very quickly I went to, yeah, yeah, no, I'm over that. I never had that. And then I went, oh no, oh no. So Kate, what are we talking about today? Wait, why are you full of it? Full of BS. Why? Why? Well, yeah. because I thought I didn't have an issue with what we're going to talk about today. And then, I, and then I heard your story and I went, oh, I don't know how I would deal with that. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, so um, it actually came through a conversation that I was having with uh, my dear friend. And she said, I would love to hear you talk about that on the podcast. And about a month ago, I had a surgery, two surgeries actually, um, removing cancer from my face. And it required cutting out um, part of my upper lip and into my actual lip. It was a little bit, it ended up being more than I thought, but, and then stitches and all these other things. And she and I were having a conversation about attachment, attachment to um, our physical bodies. And I've never really had a thought so much about that until this, until this procedure. And so I'm laughing because I find myself in the doctor's office and they're, you know, explaining what's going to happen and what to expect. And the sweet doctor is just, and then she says, yeah, it'll be about a year. <laughs> And I start crying all of a sudden. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm crying. I told the doctor, I have no idea why I'm crying right now. That just seems like a really long time. And, um, and for me, I, I suspect that there will always be a scar of some kind. So it's not just this, you know, 
more obvious thing, but it will always be there. So I realized, and I was sharing this with my friend that I was super attached to my face and what it looks like. And I didn't actually realize that I was attached to my face and what it looks like until, you know, the doctor is talking about this scar and it's so silly because, you know, people have limbs removed and I'm sitting here crying about a scar. <laughs> I'm sitting here crying about a scar on my face. And, uh, and I got over it. It was very, um, it was so temporary, but she and I were talking about attachment um, and just really kind of exploring from this new space about without even realizing it, how attached I was to it. And I'm about, I don't know, not even a month in really to this. And I realized yesterday I was looking at the scar and I was thinking, I don't know, it's kind of cool. Like almost like I'm, I'm living into this new face and, uh, with the scar. And it, it wasn't even neutral. It was all of a sudden now I'm attached to this scar. <laughs> It's, it's kind of evolving. Um, but I just thought it would be fun to explore attachment to our physical bodies because we're here. Things happen to our bodies. And it's something really new for me because I've never really, never really had to deal with anything like that before. Uh, and not to make it necessarily a bigger deal than it is, but it is new and it's kind of fresh for me and it's bringing out some cool questions about, about our attachment to our bodies mm-hmm. from a perspective too, when where, and this is going to sound kind of crazy, but more in the last even year than any other, than any other time in my entire life, I'm starting to see just starting to see a truth about that we're more than these bodies, like the truth of who we are. And yes, we get to play in these bodies and experience life through these senses and minds, and, but we're so much more than that. We're so much more than these bodies. And I have started to see that more recently. Yes. So it's interesting to kind of play with these life experiences that affect our physical bodies while at the same time coming closer to a truth that that's not really who we are. Not really. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it would be fun to explore that. So other than feeling full of shit, anything else kind of come up for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was counting the ways I'm full of shit. Hmm. Um, it's funny, I had flashes of times when I became insecure about a part of my body due to something. So I remember noticing that I, I had um, 
call them retainers in the US, braces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here in the UK on my teeth, fixed ones when I was a teenager for a, a year and a half, um, around the age of 13. I had a lot of overcrowding in my my teeth, too many teeth, jaw not big enough. My mouth is certainly big enough, but my jaw clearly wasn't for the amount of teeth that I had. So I had a number of them removed and then corrective straightening. And over the years, there's been a migration of one tooth that's made it less than perfect as it was when probably those metal retainers were removed at the age of 14. And I remember being annoyed about it. And then I remember being annoyed when my teeth weren't as white as my closest friend. And then talking about teeth whitening and and so forth. And then I remember having um, a sty on my eye, upper eyelid, that required a, a tiny surgery. Um, and then how self-conscious I was post that. And then a few months later, I needed the same thing done again because there was still... The, the cause had not been resolved as to what was causing this dye in my upper right eyelid. And then about six months later, I needed one on my left because that had the same issue going on. And it was really fascinating to me how, I'm going to say the word vain, but I don't, I don't know if I mean it, how vain I became because there was something that was putting my attention was on how I looked. And I don't really like having my attention on how I look. And that's where I notice I'm full of it. More than those little things about my teeth, whether there's one one tooth that's not in perfect alignment and it's moving over the years, or my teeth aren't as white as I'd like them to be, or I have these styes and then redness from surgery for the next few weeks. The big point I'm making is, is that I know some people who are so ingrained in being and know it attached to how they look and really insecure about it. To me, I'm different from that. To me, it was, I would avoid it altogether. I wouldn't even want to entertain it in my mind because I'd easily get insecure. So I had an attachment to being disattached, which is not a real word but an attachment to being unattached. And maybe that's the right phrase, the right way of saying it, which is the same thing. I had an attachment of not thinking about it. So I didn't want to look there. And that's what came up when you were sharing what you shared before we hit record today. And more of it was coming up as you were explaining your last few weeks. It's very interesting mm-hmm. what comes up fresh right now. And a few minutes ago, when you were talking, you said there are so many questions that are coming up. I don't know if any of those are present now that you'd like to explore, either in asking me or exploring for yourself. You mean questions about this attachment? Yeah. Um. I'm not sure if it's so much about the questions as it is noticing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I guess because it is fresh, because it's 
it's like this, you know, I can tell when I come back, which is cool in itself, by the way, I can tell when I come back from a certain amount of time, you could say in the noise, um, humaning, honestly, like whether it's things like this where there's a lot of um, stuff happening physically. So whether or not, you know, it's surgeries or, you know, anesthesia or pain or stitches or, you know, that to me is part of our experience is kind of like a lot's kind of happening in our bodies, right? Or times when I'm, I got a lot on where I'm working or something like that. And I'm using a lot of my intellect. Mm. And so I've been in the noise of life, the noise, even of my body, you know, you and I have never done a, (laughs) you and I have never done an under the noise when it's like, when we talk about noise in relation to our bodies, which I think is part of our human experience, you know, sometimes, you know, we have talked about pain and stuff like that. And maybe that's what I mean about the noise of our bodies, not just our minds, but I can tell when I've spent a certain amount of time in that type of noise. And then I come back to a space where it's, where it is our default, that peaceful space under the noise. And I don't, unlike years prior, I don't give myself a hard time as much as I used to about those times when I am humaning, when I am in the noise. So it's more of a noticing, oh, I haven't been in this space under the noise in a bit. Mm. And it's becoming where at first it was so rare and just far between those other moments that I wasn't quite sure if I knew what I was talking about. I wasn't really super familiar with that peaceful space under the noise. You know, the more time we spend there and and the more we come back to it, even if it's like years in between, we know it. We know it like the back of our hands. Mm. So it's interesting, all the noticing. So noticing when I'm humaning and I've been noticing my attachment to my, my physical body or my appearance and noticing other people's reaction. You know, like in the beginning when it, you know, when I finally went out <laughs> in public, right? <laughs> And I'm swollen and I've got, you know, the stitches in and stuff like that. And you can tell people either I had experiences with people where they want to stare at it, but they look away and then they get back to it and then they look away. Like it hurts them almost to look at it. Uh, And then other people like, oh, you know, (laughs) they're having their own kind of experience. And I get to sit back and notice what they're going through, like what they're doing. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's been a really... You know, just not physically feeling the same. 
as I was before, you know, like just from surgery, I guess, or I don't know. So there's, there's a lot to notice in this space, but there's a lot less judgment um, than I think there would have been for me, judgment of myself and um, others or, you know, even just a few years ago. I'm not sure what I attribute that to, but right now it's just kind of a cool noticing. <laughs> and how quickly we adapt as human beings. Um, and I notice when, I notice when even I've got a lot of stories about it. You know, stories of, um, what I'll look like, or is this going to happen again, or um, fear, or pain, like stories about what pain will be like, and, and, and I notice how many stories I can create around it, too, but it felt very different from actually believing any of them, and sometimes I did, <laughs> they felt really real, and then other times I noticed how many stories I was making up. So I don't know. It's kind of cool. Cool to notice. And I don't know. What do you think? Let's see if I remember both the things that have just come up for me. <laughs> okay. Let's see. <laughs> the first thing, it's always great to know that at some point we will notice what we've been up to in our heads. Mm. notice that we've been in the noise and to the point that you just made about and then not having judgment about the fact that we've been in our heads and in the noise about ourselves i think that really matters then there's oh isn't that interesting that i made a, a big deal out of that because i think that's where we're totally off the hook we're then free to experience whatever's next in our life and in our minds. The isn't that interesting? And at some point we all get there. Then the other thing, and I do remember the second point, is that that doesn't always mean that there isn't something more to see. Mm. Because what I notice in listening to you is a deeper version of a deeper part of where I was fumbling around a few minutes ago is that I had on purpose ignored my body because I didn't like it. But I'd forgotten I was doing that. I'd forgotten. Now, that's a, a better way of saying what I said earlier on about being attached to being unattached to it. But that's what I meant. So I still think, for, for me personally, there's something for me to look at there. We were joking earlier on about, it's been really hot here in the UK the previous, um, well, few days, but also the few weeks that we've had actually this summer. And I've rediscovered the joys of ice cream having had pretty much 10 months without sugar, <laughs> maybe two, 
twice I've had something that is in inverted commas in air quotes um, naughty that has sugar in it. But ice cream over the last few weeks has been, oh my Lord, I'd forgotten how good this is. <laughs> and literally I'd be doing it in that voice. Oh my Lord, how good is this, right? And I'm, oh, I'm celebrating the biological fact of my taste buds and that sensation bringing me so much pleasure. But I don't see it like that. I apportion the whole thing to this ice cream and forget that without my body, I couldn't experience that. Without my taste buds, then doing their biological miracle stuff and then into the mind and the brain, then me being able to have the pleasure from the taste and the texture and the temperature. Couldn't do that without a body. Mm -hmm. I'd like to celebrate that more. I'd like to celebrate more, not only... I'm boring people senseless with this bird song identifier app I've been telling everyone about <laughs> that has taken me so far away from the TV, from Netflix, from Amazon Prime, from the BBC iPlayer or anything else. It's taken me so far out of my living room and the TV that I am spending so much time sitting in the garden mm. and looking at the wildlife, not just the birds, the squirrels. And, and a few evenings ago, I was up late because I wanted to, to see bats that I really love watching bats fly above, above my garden. And uh, hearing the owls do owly noises. And of course, the app was telling me which owl is making which noise. And it was very cool. And then in the silence at about 11 o'clock one evening this week, I could hear this crunch. And I thought, what's that? This is weird. This very light crunch just down to my right. What's this? And I couldn't see anything, of course, because it was dark. And on my, on my phone, I just pressed the button for the, for the torch, for the flashlight to come up so I can see what's going on. I look, can't see anything. No idea what that kind of crunchy, rustly thing is about. So I switch it off and switch the, uh, the flashlight, the, the light off my phone. And I just go back and stare into the darkness and notice whatever sounds there might be. And then there's this crunch again and out comes my phone and the flashlight still can't see anything. And I'm, back to switching it off. And then for the third time I, I look with the flashlight on, I'm, I'm going to figure out where the heck this noise is coming from now, because this is just it's under my skin, so to speak. No pun intended, the fact we're talking about the body, but it wasn't really under my skin, but I wanted to figure out what this was. And I noticed that it was a slug eating a leaf. A slug, slimy little thing chomping on a leaf and it was not quiet now i apportioned the entire miracle to that and even as i'm telling the story it's that where i'm apportioning the miracle the miracle is also the fact that with this body i can experience it i can hear it and i can see it and i can remember it none of that would be possible without my biology without this physical realm even me now, as I 
rub my fingertips together, the sound of that and the, and the feeling of that. I think there's a lot more for me to, to ponder and to embrace about my physical being, my body, more than I've done in my entire life up until right now. Mm. And while I did a lot of yoga for three or four years in my mid-40s, how come I stopped? It's really good for me. It's really good for my physical body. And I enjoyed the slowing down of it as well mentally. And sometimes I really love to exercise, and most of the time I absolutely hate it. It's good for my body. It's good for my heart. It's good for my lungs. It's good for everything in my biological, physical vessel that I'm born into. And I'm in my mind, I'm going to make this statement out loud and public right now is that I need to respect it more, embrace it more, enjoy it more, and not ignore it or take it for granted. Me too. Me too. I started reading a book. I'm only in the very beginning. Um, but it's the newest book by Michael Singer, who did Untethered Soul. I think, I'm pretty sure it's called Living Untethered. But I love Michael Singer. Um, but the beginning of the book takes you through the creation of the universe, which is really interesting. I'm kind of like in the beginning, I'm like, okay, where are you going with this? <laughs> you know, in the beginning. <laughs> but the whole point was that, and he takes you through all of the things that had to happen, not only for the universe to be created, but earth to be created and conditions over billions of years to come to a space where human bodies can live and thrive. And it gets to the point at the end where how many billions of years and how many billions of things had to come together for us to be sitting in this perfect moment, this gift of a moment in these perfect bodies. And like you, I can be, and the noise in my own thinking and miss that completely. But when I don't miss it, when I even just get a glimpse of it, I realize the perfection of even those moments when I miss it. Because even those brought me to that space where I could see it for a second. And there's no possible way to call it wrong or lacking from that space. Because it all led to that perfect moment this perfect moment with you. 
with everyone who's listening to this right now. Thanks, Wynn. Thank you, Kate. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts. And I'm with Wynn Morgan. If you have any questions or comments or topics that you would love for us to chat about. And by the way, thank you to my dear friend for suggesting we talk about this. Um, but if you have any of those, please email us. Our details follow the podcast. And thank you for sharing this perfect moment with us. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and Kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.